In a world where... Is this thing on? Barely! This episode of the Just John Podcast is brought to you by the random fact that Wolverine once survived under a glacier for six months by eating strips of his own flesh. And two of the most amazing patrons on the planet. Find out how you can become a patron of the show by heading on over to justjohnpodcast.com slash support. What up, homies? I'm your host, John Medina, and this, my fine, fine ladies and gentlemen, is the Just John Podcast, episode 41 for the week of June 4th. Today on the show, IMAX VR, Captain Hydra, nuclear floppy disks, and more. At midnight Saturday, the telephones in this city will be changed to dial service, and all telephone numbers will be changed. IMAX VR. The company behind some of the most impressive movie experiences in the past, what, decade, wants to bring VR to the mainstream. IMAX is going to open multiple VR experiences in movie theaters and malls all around the world beginning later this year. This announcement came after IMAX confirmed it was working with Google on a 360-degree camera that should be available to filmmakers within 18 months. IMAX is going to launch six VR locations in 2016, starting with LA and expanding to China shortly after. It's partnering with Swedish technology developer Starbreeze AB, and the locations will initially feature VR games for moviegoers to experience, but IMAX is hopeful that filmmakers will take advantage of the camera that they're developing to create new non-interactive video content as well. One of the cool things about the IMAX VR experience is that it's going to allow people that cannot afford to buy a VR headset a VR experience. According to what I could find out about it, these games are going to last around 10 minutes and cost somewhere between $7 or $10. Now $7 or $10 for 10 minutes is kind of expensive, but if you think about it, the HTC Vive and the Oculus Rift are like $400. And on top of that, if you don't already have a computer that can handle it, you're looking at another thousand plus dollars. So what IMAX and Starbreeze are doing is they are allowing people that just cannot cough up $1,500 for VR experience to still be able to experience VR because it's something that everybody wants to experience, but it's not something that everybody can afford to experience, at least not in the way that is now. Of course, in 20 years, VR headsets will cost 100 bucks or whatever the equivalent of $100 is in 20 years, and pretty much everybody will have one, and there won't be any issues. But right now, to be honest, I don't even have one. I haven't pre-ordered one. I haven't even really thought about it because, one, I don't want to cough up the $400, $500 to buy one, and two, I don't have a computer that could run it. And that's another, even if I build it myself, I'm looking at pretty darn close to $1,000. And that's just not something logical for me right now. But what is logical is that I could go to the local IMAX theater and cough up 7 or $10 and have this 10-minute experience that I would not otherwise be able to have. Additionally, because big companies are working on this, 
they're going to be able to leap years ahead of what you can experience in your home. It's something that companies have always been able to do. They can take what you can do at home and make it bigger, better, and faster. That's the whole point of these big companies being able to create experiences that you can't. That's why people still go to the movie theater. The average moviegoer does not have a 100-inch or one, I don't know, whatever, however big movie theater screens are, the average moviegoer does not have a TV that large, a sound system that good, and and, and seats like that. You know, the experience, I'm not saying the seats are always good. Some movie theaters have good seats, others not so much. But anyway, that's not the point. But what I'm saying is that these companies are going to make this to where you can go experience it at an affordable price. I think it's cool, and I think it's a good idea, and I think it's going to work out really well. Hello, I'm Bill Nye. You may know me from such things as science. Captain Hydra. Whoa, man, this week has the internet exploded with a bag of mixed emotions about Captain America. There may be some spoilers in this part. Despite being one of Marvel Comics' most idealistic and incorruptible superheroes, Captain America is now being written as perhaps one of the company's greatest villains. With the release of Captain America Steve Rogers earlier this week, Marvel has released that Cap has operated as a sleeper agent for Hydra from the very beginning. In an interview with Time, Marvel executive editor Tom Brevoort, I'm going with that, whatever, I don't care, said that the plan to make Cap a villain has been in development since 2014 and aims to capture some of what's happening in politics today, particularly when it comes to discovering the ugly side of our beloved public figures. He was also quoted as saying that there should be a feeling of horror or unsettledness at the idea that somebody like this can secretly be part of the organization. There are perfectly normal people in the world who you would interact with on a professional level or personal level, and they seem like the salt of the earth but then it turns out that they have some horrible secret, whether it's that they don't like a certain group of people or have bodies buried in their basement. I have a problem with this, but not the same way that a lot of people have a problem with this. I have a problem with this because of what Captain America represents. Captain America does not represent some shiniest of two turds politician that you couldn't trust as far as you could throw. His name's not Captain Politician or Captain President. His name is Captain America because he is supposed to represent the American way. He is supposed to be a poster child. Now, I understand that people have secrets and people have pasts and blah, 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 and they're trying to tie that in with how we feel about our real political landscape. But I've never read or comics or watched comic book movies because it's real. I've read comics and watched comic book movies because it takes me out of the real world. Sure, there are villains, but usually the heroes are well-rounded, and and while they have problems, they end up doing the right thing in the end most of the time. I think I just have a problem with it because it's change, and it's something that, yes, they've done with other characters, but they've never done anything like this with Captain America, and I'm... Troubled because I I want it to be a situation where mind control or alternate reality or something along those lines, but that may not be the case. This may just be who Captain America truly was, and I'm interested to see what they're going to do with it. But it's still it 
it weirds me out. And I'm a little upset with it, as I said, because I think they are letting how we feel about politicians affect too much of how they want us to feel about Captain America. Captain America is supposed to be the one that we can that we see that while he may have conflicts and you know troubles just like all of us his moral compass is always going to end up pointing him in the right direction and i kind of just see it as a stab in the comic book loving back the local news of the week nuclear floppy disks the pentagon and other u.s agencies still rely on outdated technology to carry out important functions including some nuclear operations according to a new government report that came out this week. The report was published by the Government Accountability Office, and it shows that a command and control unit tasked with coordinating the operational functions of the nation's nuclear forces still uses 8-inch floppy disks and runs on an IBM Series 1 computer, a model that was first produced in 1976. 1976. That was 50 freaking years ago. Other agencies, including the Department of the Treasury and the Department of Veteran Affairs, report using IT systems that are also at least 50 years old. According to the report, taxpayers spent $61.2 billion last year to maintain the outdated systems, while just $19.2 billion went towards updating federal technology. The Pentagon says that the Nuclear Command and Control Unit will phase out floppy disks by the end of 2017 and that it will fully modernize the system by 2020. The Office of Management and Budget has launched an initiative to replace old IT systems, but it has not yet been finalized. Until it's put into place, the report says the government runs the risk of maintaining systems that have outlived their effectiveness. This is stereotypical government right here unnecessary un completely unnecessary they pour billions and billions of dollars into developing new technology in the military and in other industries now don't get me wrong i understand why they are developing those technologies but the computer that controls our nuclear weapons is 50 years old you need to that needs to be a priority I'm not, I I obviously don't have the full report and I can't do the numbers, but if we spent $61.2 billion last year maintaining outdated systems, I bet they could have spent less than that fully upgrading those systems. And then my theory behind that is that it costs a lot of extra money to get things that don't, that aren't manufactured anymore, especially if they're, or at least if they're not manufactured on a mass production scale. It's going to cost more to get a computer that can read a floppy disk than it's going to cost to get a computer that can read a jump drive. That's the whole theory behind the outdated technology being phased out. They stop producing it, start charging more to still use it, and then eventually just everyone stops using it. Apparently, except for the United States government, which that is just completely outrageous. Just another reason that bureaucracy is ineffective or not ineffective inefficient i guess would be the correct word it's the same reason why the post office continues to lose money but somehow ups and fedex continue to increase their profits there's something about it being a government agency that just makes it an absolute money pit it just cannot keep up with it, it can't break even and uh, 
at this point, I think that they just need to reevaluate their situations and spend money where it needs to be spent and stop spending it where it doesn't need to be spent. And I don't want to get too political on it because that's not the whole point of this story. All I wanted to do was let you guys know that apparently our nuclear system is running off computers that are old. I mean, for technology, that is absolutely ancient. All right, we are about halfway through the show, which means it's time to play some music. If you are or if you know an underground artist that you would like to have featured on the show, please submit your suggestions at justjohnpodcast.com slash song. Now, the song that I'm playing today is from a band that technically no longer exists, and my buddy Shane from Now That I'm Older was a member of the band. The song that I'm playing today is called Eventually, and it's by the band Code Adam. we 
Again, that song was called Eventually, and it was by Code Adam. I do have some links in the show notes to where you can find some of their music online to listen to. And of course, again, shout out to Shane from Now That I'm Older for hooking me up with that song and letting me put it on my show because I've honestly been talking to him about it for a long time. If you listen to Shane's show, you will recognize that that song is the song that he plays in the outro of his show. And every time I listen to his show, every week on Thursday, when I listen to his show after it drops, and I hear that on his outro, it's stuck in my head for at least the rest of the day, if not the next day too. And so finally, I was just like, man, I got to get this song on the show. I love it. I want other people to hear it. So I hope you liked it. And uh, go check out Now That I'm Older at I'm Older PC on Twitter and NowThatImOlder.com. Hey, um, can I have a McRib meal? Large size with the Dr. Pepper. This week, No Man's Sky was delayed. Okay, big deal, right? Uh, we have to wait a few more months for the game. But apparently that's a big deal to certain people because when it was announced that No Man's Sky was delayed, Sean Murray, the creator, tweeted that he had received loads of death threats following the news release that the game would be pushed back a couple of months. That is re- ridiculous that is more ridiculous than using 50 year old computers to control your nuclear system is threatening somebody's life because a game that they created is being delayed by a couple of months it's still coming out it's not even like they canceled it but even if they canceled it that's not a good enough reason and he's not the only person that's received these death threats Kotaku news editor Jason Schreer received threat, a threat of violence for merely reporting that No Man's Sky was being delayed. He actually tweeted a picture on his Twitter that is from at Beach Clashers MDR on Twitter, and it says, Your little article about No Man's Sky being delayed has made me hate you to my very core. It's the only thing I live for, and you go and write that bullshit about a delay instead of visiting London later this month, I think I'll come by and say hi to you and F you up. You think you can get away with this that easy? Making fun of our Reddit page also? Sounds like you have a death wish. We will find you. Be afraid, human. We are coming for you. Over a game being delayed. A simple delay. Now, I understand that having a passion for a game or a book or a movie or a TV show can invoke emotional feelings. We are emotional creatures. That's what separates humans from other creatures is that we are filled with all of these emotions. And one of them tends to be anger or disdain and jealousy or envy and things like that. But that is no reason to threaten someone's life. I am one of the biggest Star Wars fanboys. I absolutely love everything Star Wars, probably a little more than I should. And after they announced that they were making The Force Awakens, they were going to originally come out with it in May, and it got delayed to December. I was like, okay, that's all right. I, I've waited however many years since the last one came out. What's six more months? Plus, I want them to do a good job. I want them to make sure that they are satisfied with the movie, and that means that I will more likely like it. And so I understood that. And even if they would have completely canned it and said, you know what, on second thought, we're not making a Star Wars movie. Sure, I would have been upset. I may have been a little angry that they got my hopes up, but I would never send a death threat. And that is absolutely ridiculous. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, John, 
The internet's full of trolls. That person was probably just trolling. And you're right, that person was probably just trolling. But there's a difference between trolling and just getting freaking ridiculous with it because that is what that was. There is no reason to do that. I'm completely behind busting someone's balls, giving them a hard time. I That's fine. You know, it's all in good fun and I understand. But that's a little excessive. And that's just the the biggest downside of the internet is that people are ridiculous excuse me bitch doc savage i didn't even know who doc savage really was until i saw this announcement and i was like uh that kind of sounds familiar but i really don't remember anything so Dwayne the rock johnson do they even call him Dwayne the rock johnson anymore i don't think so i think it's just Dwayne johnson at this point either way He is signed on to play Doc Savage, who is kind of one of the earliest superheroes and is said to be the inspiration for Superman. A film adaptation of Doc Savage was announced back in 2013, which I heard nothing about that I know of, but apparently it's now getting off the ground. Shane Black, the writer and director of Iron Man 3, is on board to direct. There aren't many details about the film yet, but according to Johnson's Instagram post, it should be pretty funny and strange. He is quoted as saying, The number one reason he's excited to become Doc Savage is because he's an effing hilarious weirdo. For those of you who don't know a lot about Doc Savage, kind of like me, Doc Savage is a classic Pulp Fiction comic hero from the 1930s. The character has no one specific superpower. Instead, he's supposed to have been groomed by scientists to attain superhuman physical and mental abilities. Many of his elements are widely recognizable as attributes of Superman. For example, his first name's Clark, he is called the Man of Bronze, and he retreats to his fortress of solitude in the Arctic. So we can see why he's kind of called the inspiration for Superman, because those are a lot of things that they have in common. There is no word yet on when the film is supposed to be released, but Johnson suggests that they're still working out the story, so it'll probably be a couple years If I had to make a guess, it will probably be scheduled to be released around 2020. Because I'm going to put my nutsack on your drum set. Data borders. Iran has officially ordered foreign messaging apps to store all data on its citizens within the country's border. It's giving the companies one year to comply. Iran's Supreme Council of Cyberspace announced the measures last Sunday, saying that they are based on the guidelines and concerns of the Supreme Leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei. According to the report, foreign messaging companies active in the country are required to transfer all data and activity linked to Iranian citizens into the country in order to ensure their continued activity. Iran has always held tight control over the internet, censoring objectable content and blocking access to services like Facebook and Twitter. Some of the web users in Iran, like many other countries, have circumvented the blocks through VPNs and other software, but the government is cracking down on social media. Earlier this month, authorities arrested eight Instagram users, who some were prominent Instagram models, as part of an operation against women who post photos of themselves without a headscarf, which is against the law in Iran. The regulations on messaging apps could have a particularly significant impact on the app Telegram, which is an app for encrypted messaging that has gained popularity in Iran. It's estimated that 20 million Iranians use Telegram, roughly a quarter of its population, and the company says that about 20% of its monthly active users are based in Iran. There have also been similar announcements in Russia and China, but the practical ability to enforce these kinds of regulations is questionable. 
this is really kind of unnerving that I look, I understand that you could spin it as Iran wants to protect its citizens. It doesn't want these companies to have information on its citizens and therefore it's requiring them to be kept within its borders. But I don't think that that's the underlying cause here. I think Iran wants to control what information is known about its citizens. And as far as I know, the citizens did not agree to that, and therefore I don't like it. I don't think the government should step in and say, your information, you cannot have any of their information, even if they give it freely to you, because we don't want you to have it. It'd be completely different if we were stealing information from them and using it for some, re- some you know, a terrorist reason, or if we were using it without their permission, but they've given their permission, but the government doesn't want them to give permission because it doesn't like that they don't have control over everything their people see. And the internet is really killing that type of government, that type of control. It No longer can you control your borders to where people don't know that there is a world outside of their own. And I, in the next hundred years, it will literally be impossible. And we are seeing the growing pains of that happening. We are seeing these governments, these utilitarian governments that try too hard to control their citizens like sheep. We are seeing them struggle because... They are getting freedoms that the government doesn't want them to have, but has a very has no power or very little way to actually enforce that control. Again, I'm not trying to get too political here, but it was just something that I really I thought was interesting because I don't know why they how they even thought that it was going to work and how easy it would be to enforce. We've figured it out by now, or at least you should have figured it out by now, that you can, it's nearly impossible and extremely expensive to try to police the internet. And really, it's just not not worth it in terms of this type of situation. I fart in your gender direction. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberry. We are getting ready to wrap up the show, but as is usual, I do want to do an app review first. The app that I'm reviewing this week is called Redcon, and I'm not sure if it's available on iPhone, but I know it's available on Android, and it was not, it's not a good game. I really don't recommend that you even download it. It's a free-to-play game, and it seemed pretty interesting from like the little description in the pictures, but so like the pictures, you have these towers basically like these little mortar gun towers type things and it it basically shows that you're going to use them to fight and I thought it was going to be kind of a tower defense type thing where you had you could build different types of mortar or not mortars but little different types of turrets on your tower and then you could upgrade them and you would have to defend it from the onslaught that was going to come that's what I thought it was going to be. So I downloaded it and I got super excited because I thought that would be a really fun game to play. After I downloaded it, I realized that it was really Nazi-like. And not that you're fighting the Nazis because I'm completely cool with that. I don't care. But it makes you feel like you are the Nazis. I mean, down to the verbiage of what it calls your leader and different things like that, it really feels like Nazi some of the images on the screen kind of look like swastikas and stuff, which really kind of turned me off. It, it, not that there's, I mean, I understand, you know, freedom to, to make a game and play a game like that. And there's no, 
as far as I could tell, like thing that's trying to say that the Nazis were right or anything like that. So it, it's not that it's a propaganda machine or anything, but it just, I didn't have fun with it. And the, it, it wasn't anything like I thought it was going to be in terms of turrets. I played like five rounds and didn't even have a chance to upgrade my turrets because I didn't have enough infor- like enough uh, experience slash gold. And beyond that, the you're in a different scenario each time. You don't really get to put your you don't get to build your own turrets. They're already there for you. You kind of get to control them, but a lot of it's automated, and it takes like ten minutes for one round, which I just didn't think it was worth that much time. So it wasn't a lot of fun and. I really don't recommend it. So if you're scrolling through your app store and you see Redcon, I wouldn't download it because it's not worth your time. If you enjoyed the show, please show me some love by liking, thumbs up, subscribing, sharing, rating, reviewing, retweeting, or whatever it is that's used to symbolize the love of the show and the platform you're using to view it. You can follow me on Twitter at M underscore Revo and at Facebook.com slash JustJohnPodcast. You can find the show in its entirety at JustJohnPodcast.com, and you can listen to the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, YouTube, Stitcher, Spreaker, or some other shit. You can email me at JustJohnPodcast at gmail.com. And remember, without you, I'm just some dude talking to himself on the internet. Until next time, peace out, fam.